Welcome to Beyond the Pew. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on which time of the day you're listening to this. It could be any of the three or a time in between. Yeah, you could start in the morning and then you pause it. Maybe you're doing the dishes and you get done early. And so you were started in the yeah. afternoon, but mm-hmm. your kid needs to go on a nap. So you turn it up again in the evening once everybody's asleep. Okay. That's a, that's a movie right there. It could be. Um, we need to really try to make things exciting today because you're acting like you're tired. No, you're, I'm very excited. I just walked you through an entire movie. Lacking energy <laughs> and enthusiasm. You're yawning. Listen, I wish. Tired. I wish that, rubbing your eyes. I wish that we would still be recording. Maybe maybe soon enough we'll be bring, bring the camera back because yeah. what the look of you right now, like people are missing. Like right now, you look like an accountant. It's perfect. Like, you have your glasses, you have your computer, you have your legs crossed, you're, like, ready to type things. Like, you look, like, very professionally, yet casual, because you're wearing a hoodie. So, it is a great picture. It's fantastic. I'm sorry that the audience uh, is not seeing this, but maybe one day they'll see it again. Maybe you wear it again. Well, we have gotten requests. People miss our smiling faces. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know but why. But today, you look tired. <laughs> you're, like, tired today. You're, you're, I don't know why they want to yawning. You're yawning, rubbing your eyes. No, I'm ready. Trying to stay awake. Listen, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening is how yeah. it started. So okay. I'm pretty All excited. Right. So what episode is this, by the way? I feel like we didn't even notice that last week. No idea. I have no idea yeah, what episode I think you probably on. episode... 46. Four, nailed it. No First idea. First try. No idea. Yeah. I have any idea. Project. 43. 43. Okay, okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> but we will make a big deal out of it when we get to our 50, 50. 50. 52nd. Maybe we'll throw like a 50 celebration. Because that would be 52 weeks in a year. That'd be a whole year's worth. Wow. Even if it will be over a year at that point because we have a couple weeks where we didn't record. Yeah. But when we get to the 52nd episode and it's... Wow. Be Maybe weeks. we'll pick one of our random, our, our faithful uh, listeners and give them a prize for yes. being faithful for 50 yes. episodes. Absolutely. Only if they text in. Yeah, only if they text in. 330-331-6453. Only if they text in. Yeah, they got a text. Do you know the number yet? Oh, uh, yeah. 330-331-6453. Yep, very good. Yeah. You you struggle with it on Sunday mornings. If people come to church on Sunday mornings and you and Steve are up there and you guys have to share the number, you guys don't know the number. I know the number. No, I just can't excited. Listen, Sunday I'm just because Sunday morning, I'm excited that people exactly. are in the house That's of the back Lord. Back to my point, you, you need to be excited when you're here. Be on the pew. If I you were excited. awake and excited, you just contrasted <laughs> here with Sunday morning. Didn't you notice that I had to pause and like go slow because I'm so excited I yes. couldn't gather my thoughts. Okay, All but anyways, right. what are we doing today? Revelation. Woo! Anytime anybody hears Revelation, they immediately the perk end of up. time. They perk up. Yeah, because people for some reason love. Revelation. Re- Revelation. Like Nobody understands it, it but, no, they but they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. But Revelation. It's like, it's like you get that goosebumps on your on your arms, like or the chills in your arms, like Revelation. Ooh. You do. Not you me. Do? Well, Not who me. then? You said you. Who? I don't know. People. I don't. You don't. Somebody. Who do you know that gets goosebumps <laughs> when they talk about Revelation? It's it's an exaggeration. Okay. It's okay. Meaning excitement. Lies. If you were matching my level of excitement, you'll get it, but you're not. Revelation, chapter three. There is a portion here where there's a letter to the church in Laodicea. Can you spell that? That's, that's your line. Spell that. Spell that. Yeah. Laodicea. Can you spell L A O D I C E A. You're looking. Yeah, you're looking. You're looking. Laodicea. But Laodicea. And the reason this is a passage we selected is there is a common interpretation 
of this passage that is regularly taught, preached on, at least it had been. Mm-hmm. I don't know so much anymore. But I feel like we want to look at this passage because there's really two prominent ways of yeah. looking at it. There's a third one that's sometimes creeping, but there's yes, two. Yes, but it's not as prominent, right? Yeah. But And we'll talk about it. But in the church at Laodicea, it says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea, the starting in verse 14, Revelation chapter 3, write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot, exclamation point. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So, letters to the churches in the book of Revelation, letters to the church at Laodicea, the words of the amen, the faithful true witness, the beginning of God's creation, I know your works. And what is presented here is this desire on the part of Christ— that you are neither hot nor cold, would that you were either cold or hot, because Big you're warm. lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Yeah. And so there's there's a prominent teaching that, that circulates about this when people talk about this, that people say what Jesus means here is he would rather you either be on fire for God, oh, hot, none. hot, on fire for God, uh, where you're serving him and you're sensitive to the you're spirit. You're growing. You're sharing you're the gospel. Mature, you're growing. You're, you're mature state. and all this stuff. You're being a good follower of Jesus and you're on fire for the Lord. But if you're not going to be on fire for the Lord, then he would rather you be just ice cold. Cold. Like, do nothing. Like you're sitting on the couch and just staring at it to be. Do, do nothing. Nothing. You know, you're just, you're not willing to do anything for the Lord. So quit acting like you want to when you don't. Just be hot. Just be authentic. Or be cold. Yeah. Because that is more what Jesus wants than to be lukewarm. And when you think about lukewarm, he's saying, okay, I'd rather you have you not follow me, not tell anybody about me, do nothing for me, than I would you kind of be following me kind of be participating in the things of the Lord, but not fully, Jesus would rather you just be yeah. nothing. Because we want authenticity. And that if you are not following him, then at least you know where you stand. And yeah. it's better for you to be true to yourself than to live a life of fakeness. Yes. And so that's a, that's a pretty that's prominent a, teaching. When people is. look at this passage, and here's the problem with that. One, that is not something that could be supported biblically anywhere, anywhere else. else. Where God's calling on the life of the believer is you're either on fire for me or just completely not follow me. Like, like I, I'd rather you, I run. I want you to pick two. Like you don't see that in Jesus' ministry, you don't see that in the apostles dealing yeah. with hard church. With like you think about the church in Corinth, like a crazy church, right? I mean, as yes, a church, we're currently we we went over some crazy of the, church. Wow. Yeah, they, they were. They were dealing with crazy things. Okay. You, you would not agree. I think that they were dealing with a lot of things, but I don't yeah. know if I would label them as a crazy church. Well, how would you label them? Um, I would label them as a church that needed course correction. Oh, that's hence the title of called. our series. Uh, I would label that's them. What yes. I was, that's what I was leading yes. to. I, I would label them as a church that. that was in need of some corrective measures, <laughs> yeah. and they were going after sin in many ways. They were immature in how they were handling things. They should have been more mature than they were. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, there was saying. not like an appeal that well, either you're going to be on fire for the Lord, or you're going to have a rudder, or do nothing. Yes. Yeah. Can you yeah. think of any situation where in the New Testament or in the Old Testament? where those that follow God in the Old Testament, believed in God, nation of Israel, etc., or the New Testament, those that are followers of Jesus, they are disciples of Christ, they are part of the church, where God ever gives instruction 
that if they are not fully following him, his instruction to them is either stay not following me or fully follow me. There's always a call for repentance and for um, sanctification, yeah. right? And for a renewal of commitment to the Lord. So, like, I think, I think of, of Paul, uh, uh, man, I want to say it was on, if, I don't want to say where it was, but where he talks about, you know, he's talking to a church and he said to them, like, like, what happened? What got on the way of you? Yeah, Galatians. Acting. Galatians, right? Galatians like, what says, got, who what, has bewitched you that you yeah, should like, believe a lie? What got yeah. in the way of you living in a way that honors God, yeah. right? What got yeah. in the way? Like, So it's not like, hey, I'm glad that at least you're not, you know where you're yes. at. Like, There's always a call not yeah. to remain, right? Yeah. But here, it, it almost is like, if if we're looking at this on a scale of like 1 to 10, 10, you're on fire for the Lord. 1, you are ice cold. Yeah. The and inter- a 5, it's like... And five's lukewarm. You're disgusted. Like 5 is like, hey... Um, I kind of go to church, and I call myself a Christian, and maybe I read my Bible once in a while, but um, that's it. I'm not growing. I'm not doing anything. That I live my life. I live my Christian life in the pew, but not beyond the pew. Not beyond the pew. So, very good. But if you believe the teaching that Jesus is saying to the church, be hot or be cold, but don't be in the middle, then literally it would be like, hey, if you're a Christian, and you would characterize your Christian life as being a five, mm-hmm. you're middle of the road. Like, you're committed to the Lord, but not completely committed to the Lord. And you are in the church, but you're not necessarily serving in the church. You are in tune with what God's Word says, and you're trying to be obedient, but not fully obedient. Mm -hmm. That what Jesus would rather you be is a zero on the scale of zero to ten, rather than a five. Yeah, Like, it makes no sense that he would say, hey, come even back farther. It doesn't make sense to me. But that is a common teaching here, is either be hot or cold instead of lukewarm because I'm going to spew out of your mouth. So I think we can come to an agreement on one thing, and that is that the desire God has for the the believer in Christ is to not be a lukewarm Christian. And and I think that's a very dangerous way to teach. Like like to to tell people, hey, God wants you. For you to be on fire for him, or to not be on fire for him, but pick or to one. be not just not be on fire, like for him, like to, to not to to not be on, but to be the to be go even to the extreme of being cold. Like yeah, if you're only a lukewarm Christian, and Jesus is saying, "I'd rather have you be ice cold as a Christian." Than yeah, that's a, that makes no sense. That's a very ter- terrible calling yes. or a terrible thing to teach. To teach, yes. you know, when yes. you look at it like in the ins and outs. But I think that's why it's so crucial when we're looking at passage of the scripture. The whole is creature, but especially those that we may be having like some difficulties on interpreting, uh, to look at things like like location, things about the, who's the audience, what is the purpose of the writings, like who who's the author. Like when you look at this letter, it's like we know from at the beginning mm-hmm. of chapter two that uh, it is it is a letter that these are seven letters that were sent to specific churches in the that at the time of John as he's writing this. They were dealing with issues, and they serve as a warning. There's our warnings to believers. Hey, yep. these churches are producing these types of believers. So to start yep. with, these are supposedly believers that are dealing with this stuff. Not, not non-believers, but believers. Yes. Yep. And then, uh, which that's one of the the, the the third one that try to creep in. Like somebody looks at the lukewarm as like losing your salvation or like uh, non-believers. But that's another conversation. But the idea of like look at the context. And when you look at the context, you look at the word this city was located and you look that there are symbolic reasons as to why jesus uses the word water and hot and cold because this was a very wealthy city that had access to a bank or uh what's the word i'm thinking like a river that would flow from a mountain that, yeah. That, yeah and like you think at the time water was like prestigious you know it was like you were if you were located near water you were 
set. Like it was a good yeah. access, which probably was too why they were rich. But anyways, that they were known for the water that was that from the mountain that was cold, and then by the time it got to the city, it was lukewarm, and nobody wanted to utilize it. And you have other principles of like, yeah, there's use on both cold and hot water. You know, we know that cold cold water is great when you're drinking. You know, when you sip in that cold water and you're like being sweating and you're something you're like, yeah. ah, you know, but the hot water can be great for when you're sick. Like, you know, like you have a headache and you get a hot, warm uh, cloth and you put it on your head or when you take a shower too. It's, it's great. You know, but yes. nonetheless, yes. They, they, there is there is symbol, symbolism here that is important as to why Jesus himself is using this analogy of hot and cold and like that the bows are useful things. And it's not like, oh, hot is 10 and cold is one. No, but hot and cold are both useful things that we can use. Right. The problem was the lukewarm because nobody wants to use the lukewarm water, at least in that in that setting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. You just completely jumped from. I just went to a you, head. You just went from. Because you told a, me I wasn't excited, so I got here's excited. A, here's a prominent viewpoint, one of the viewpoints, too. Let me just throw in all the viewpoints right now, like all together. Yeah, so, throw it all together. So, like, we have to, like, just to clarify for people in case they were like, what is he talking about? Like, as far as hot, cold, and the springs and all this other stuff. The pr- viewpoint we initially tar- started talking about was this idea of God wants you as a Christian to either be completely cold, ice cold in your walk with Jesus, or hot. But if you're kind of middle of the road, he doesn't want that. He wants you to be cold instead of that. That doesn't seem to fit with the rest of Scripture. Another viewpoint. Which is the one I just threw which in. Which is what you just completely. <laughs> I preach. Like completely like just, you know, drop down out of nowhere and kind of like cover. Is, you told is me the, to get excited. Is the so viewpoint that there is a, a point and purpose to the hot and cold analogy because of what the church in Laodicea would have understood about hot water and cold water, mm-hmm. right? And so you alluded to this, but the church at Laodicea, they were really one of the only cities in the region that was primarily dependent upon an outside source for their water. Yeah. They, they, and historically what they would say is that the primary way that the church of Laodicea would get water at Laodicea, the city, would be through Roman aqueducts that were built mm-hmm. that would bring water to the city. And so many believe that that water, whether it was coming from, you know, six miles away from hot springs or if it was coming from the cold, you know, streams from another city that was a distance away, that by the time it would have made its way through the aqueducts to the city of Laodicea, by that point in time, it would be kind of lukewarm, tepid water that wouldn't be desirable yeah. because, as you mentioned, no one wants that kind of water. And and so, but there's also argument against that that they say historically they've discovered that the Roman aqueducts wouldn't necessarily produce tepid water. It would have been good water. So there's a lot of debate. But the point yeah. being, within that region of Laodicea, there's there's really a tri city area there that were known, like three cities mm-hmm. that were known of Hierapolis and Colossae, and, and they were known for their water. Hierapolis was known for their hot springs. And so a lot of people thought Hierapolis, which was six miles, um, approximately six miles from where Laodicea was, on opposite sides of a valley, they believed that Hierapolis with their hot springs would have been placed, would have been desirable because people would go to the hot springs for healing, uh, for relaxation. There were people who, you know, even worshiped gods that they believed that through these springs would provide healing mm-hmm. because of the hot water that was there. And you imagine when you've sat in a hot tub 
Yeah. And and how good like you know the the, the therapeutic you know elements of that wow. that people desire. And so you have hot springs, very useful, very desirable, very advantageous. And then you know on the same side of Laodicea in that valley, but farther down that river is the is the city of Colossae. And Colossae was was famous for its refreshing cold waters, yeah. which people believe was from mountain springs. And and so that was very desirable. People, they were known for this. They were mm-hmm. famous for their cold, refreshing water. And then you had Lady Odyssea, and then you, then you Odyssea. they got nothing. Yes, and so many people, scholars, theologians, they believe that the church at Laodicea, anybody from Laodicea hearing this, hot and cold versus lukewarm, they immediately would have thought about the it hot springs. It would have springs. been like a ding-ding moment. Yep, they would have thought about the hot springs, of Hierapolis, mm-hmm. or they would have thought about the refreshing cool streams of Colossae, and then they would be thinking about the lukewarm water from aqueducts that they're receiving. Now, whether or not that's accurate about the lukewarm water, we don't know, but it completely makes sense yeah. in regards to the region. They would certainly know about the hot and the cold. The cold. Certainly. Yeah. And, and so, in essence, what is really being said here, and this seems to be a more consistent and accurate interpretation, would be Jesus is not calling to believers to say, either be on fire for me, and if you're not completely on fire and you're kind of just coasting right now, I would rather you just completely backslide, fall back into complete sin, and yeah, not follow me at all. Go back to number one. That if doesn't you're on make fire. any sense. Yeah. But in essence, it sounds like what you said. Yeah. He's asking for them to be useful, be useful, be used and set apart, and have usefulness in what you're doing as you call yourself a Christian, hot or cold isn't necessarily in regards to the temperature of your walk as much as it is in the usefulness of what you're yeah. doing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And and it seems like that's consistent with what the calling on the church is in the New Testament of to be doing something, to be moving forward, to be in action, to walk the walk, right? To, to yeah. be fruitful. And, and, and that seems to be consistent. Yeah. And, and, and I think that to even add more light to this passage, when you read the whole letter, you you get you catch the wind. Like it's clear that this was a church that was located. Like if more studies to this region will tell you that this was a very wealthy city. Yes, later city. Yes, it was a very wealthy city. So this led for uh, for them to believe. You know, because they had all these possessions, all these wealthy things, uh, they work. They look at themselves as wealthy individuals. And in addition to that, you can you can gather from the passage that. They were primarily relying on their wealth more than anything, and which is why you can make the case that why they were more apathetic, more like indifferent of things because they were not so uh, committed to be useful because they already had things that were relying on themselves opposed to relying on the things that we get from our relationship with God, right? Which is why you see, you know, the very first thing, like, like this is this letter is like it's hard, like, like this is a very like. Sears letter and like the way he he starts is like I know your works you're neither cold nor hot would you that you were either cold or hot so because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold I will spit you out of my mouth and then he says for for you say I am rich I have prosper and I have nothing not realizing that you are wretched pitiful poor blind and naked yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they they obviously were thinking of themselves more highly than they ought, and basing it upon physical prosperity, physical things, riches, what they have accomplished, etc. Yeah, yeah, and and Jesus is like he's reprimanding them. Yeah, this, that, right? it, and, he, and that's what, those are like those are hard words. Yep. He said, like like 
Like, imagine that. You're, imagine you're being that church and you're sitting in a pew and, like, the pastor gets up and says, this letter is coming yeah. directly from Jesus. You and are, this is what he said. I want to spit you out of my mouth. And because you are wretched, <laughs> yes. pitiable, p- pure, how do you say that? Pitiable. Pitiable. Pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Yeah. In other words, this idea that you have, you said, you're quite the opposite. You yeah. are in a desperate, urgent need. Yeah, you're clothed with nothing. Yeah. Right? You have nothing to your account. Yeah. Right? And and so I think it's important as we're talking about this passage, and even uh, there's one other viewpoint that I'll just throw out there that's there. But I think that as we're coming to this, it's important for under- us to understand as a believer, there's never a time as a follower of Christ that Jesus' desire for us as his children would be to fight against him more, would be to slide more into sin, would be to disdain or move away from the ways of the Lord to an even greater extent than we already have. There's never a time as a child of God, and even as a dad to my kids, there's never a time with my kids that I would say, you know what, if you're not going to obey me, I want you to be even more disobedient. Like, we would never do that as, as, as parents who care for our kids. If we saw our kids participating in things that were detrimental to their well-being, if we saw our kids playing out in the street, And we were like, hey, get out of the road because cars are coming. And they were like, no, I'm not getting out of the road. We would never be like, you know what? If you're not going to get out of this road, come with me. I'm going to throw you on the highway. Like we would never do that. But a lot of times the interpretation of these verses is like that's what Jesus is saying. Is if you're not following me fully, I just want you to follow me even less than that. I want you to hate me even more than that in your actions. That's not the case. And and the thing thing that like I think is so alarming too with that is like in making that statement, I know that like some of the people have heard you say that. They make that statement as a way of encouragement. It's like yeah. if you go back, if you're a five and you go back to one, you will sense, you will, you will understand genuinely where you are at, and therefore it will encourage you to go full force to that. It's kind of like sure. the, the the reasoning, the 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 trade off. Yeah, and the only the only, I guess you could say caveat I could see where someone could make an argument like that is in regards to church discipline, yeah. where the one who's disobedient says deliver them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. But that's because there's a lack of repentance and there's a lack of turning. In the passage before us here, he's talking collectively to the church saying, hey, listen, like as, a, as, a, as groups of believers, you're doing nothing here and you're, you're arrogant and you're proud and you're boastful and all these things and you're not following me as you should. The, the difference, I think, between the two is in one sense, you have leadership that's confronting a brother in hopes of restoration. And so the calling on the life of that believer is not go sin more. It's pull away from the one who is sinning, not so go sin more. Yeah. It's pull away so that they would come to a point of repentance yeah. and they would come to restoration, not, hey, because you're sinning and you won't repent of it, we want you to sin even more. Yeah. Just sin even more because we'd rather you keep doing that than not be hot. On the contrary, part of the role of church discipline and, and the desire to bring to repentance is that they would be repentant and be restored. Yeah. This would lead it to self of like, hey, just be cold. Now, there's one other area that I would say I've, I've seen people introduce this, and that's if Jesus is talking to those that are claiming the name of Christ, but they're not truly his. Yeah. And, and his idea of be hot or cold is that, you know, don't straddle the fence. You're either a true follower of mine or you are not. And it does great damage to the name of Christ and the testimony of Christ when someone who claims to be a follower of Christ and truly is not plays that game of kind of straddling both sides of the, of the line. And I've heard the argument for explanation in this passage be that Jesus is basically saying, make it abundantly clear. Do you follow me or do you not? If you follow me, 
Be hot. Follow me. If you mm -hmm. don't follow me, quit playing the game and be lukewarm where you're kind of in between. Either be known as someone who follows me or be known as someone who doesn't. But being in the middle is completely useless. It's disgusting. And, and I could see that argument because there's examples in Scripture. We even talked about it last week in looking at Hebrews chapter 6. There's examples in scriptures of people who proclaim that they followed Christ, but in works they denied him. Yeah. And so I understand the argument that could be made, that interpretation, that Jesus is calling on authenticity. Mm -hmm. Either you are mine or you're not, quit straddling the fence. Yeah. I would personally tend to lean towards more of the hot and cold by way of, of, of the hot springs and the cold for freshening street, because that's to me what would make the most sense in the minds of the reader when they understood Laodicea. Yeah. That makes the most sense to me, but I do think that other viewpoint of either you belong to me or don't quit playing the game, that makes sense as well, but I don't yeah. know that I, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think that that view, the second one you just mentioned, will will make it diff even more difficult to deal with the remainder of the letter, like the fact that Jesus goes and says, hey, like, buy from me yep. the refining gold, like, uh, change your clothing to white garments, like, 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 you know, understanding that this was a, a church that was basing their trust on them on their possessions, and now Jesus is like, hey, what you have is actually not good. Come and get those things from me. Yeah. And then the call to repent and be zealous. I, I think that will be a harder interpretation if you hold that view of sure. like, well, either you follow God or you don't. Like, I, I think it's more along the lines of like, hey, you are as a follower, you have access to all of this wealth, the spiritual wealth, and yet you're choosing to ignore that because you want, you're comfortable, you're indifferent, and you're passive. Yeah. Instead, get up and be, be, do what you need to do and, and go after this access that you have in, in, in your relationship with yeah. God. And no matter where you stand with this, I think, again, we want to interpret Scripture with Scripture, right? We yeah. want the Bible to give us insight and give light, and we want to read Scripture in the context of Scripture. So it, it would be true for any believer to come to an understanding that God is not desirous that we would be content. Yeah idly sitting by and not serving and following him. So I think I think that that that, that view of like self-satisfaction mm -hmm. it is in complete contradiction to the teaching of deny yourself and pick up the cross. Absolutely. And I think that that's a danger that we have in our church It's like this letter could be written to churches today too. Sure. That we have, you know, many of these letters. Yeah, like, oh, the letters I would say all of them, and, you know. But yeah, this one right here like we have believers that we're okay just sitting on our couches and just not doing something for the Lord, like yeah. not being active. We sense the calling, and we still are like, nah, somebody else can do it. And yeah. the calling of like, no, like we, we, we need to be zealous. We need to step up. We need to pursue and, 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 and take yeah. advantage of all the, the amazing things that we get from having this grace that comes from God, you know? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, another one, and I think too, like the way he kind of ended, maybe this could be a fun one to discuss later on, but he says, those who I love, I reprove, I reprove and decide, discipline. So be zealous again and repent. So again, it sounds more like he's talking to believers. Sure. But then like, I think maybe this will be a fun one to, to do later on. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the doors, we'll, we'll come in to him and eat with him and he with us. That will be for another episode. If you text it, but if you don't text it, maybe mm. we won't address it. There's a lot of ways we could take that. Yeah, a lot of ways. Well, I hope people 
we're not discouraged that you completely blew past the first viewpoint to give your opinion on the second viewpoint right away. Yeah, well, I thought you were done, so I got nope, excited. Was not. Yeah. I mean, we. Well, I mean, typically inter- we try to do this orderly. We yeah, try we to. Do. Be but orderly. you challenged me when we started. Say, Eric, you look like you are not happy, or are not happy. I, uh, uh, what's nope. the word he said? I did not uh, say. Uh, I said you're tired. Yeah. So then I took heed. You know, let in me the multitude of counsel, there's advice. Let me, let me ask so you. So I a took question. heed of your advice, and I got excited. Let me ask you a question. If if someone sits down in your presence, yeah, and you're wearing a ball cap, the well ball cap, and the well sweatshirt hoodie, uh, merch, uh, this, a this, merch this, merch plug. This is not it. But oh, sure. I thought it was. It looks no. like the same one. It I does, just didn't but see it's but so merch plug again, shameless plug from shameless plugs. But shame, what did you say? I don't know. Shamely plugs is that what you said? I don't a know. shameless plug. So <laughs> if if you come into a situation, someone comes down, they sit down on a couch, they take off their hat, put their head back, yawn real big, and they start rubbing their eyes and say, "I gotta take a drink of my water." Would you interpret that as, man, that guy's tired and he, he seems like he's drained? How would you interpret that? I will interpret that this individual probably had a long day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they're what? Tired? No, they probably need a break. Tired? No, they just yeah. need a break. Yeah. So so just for the listener, because we don't we can't, there's no video here. Eric comes in. We're getting ready to start. I'm like, hey, we ready? And, you know, we're ready. Eric leans back in the couch, takes his hat off, stretches, yawns real big, Starts, With my hand covered, starts, by the way, starts, politeness. Starts rubbing, cover my mouth. rubbing his eyes. Says, I got to take a drink of my water. Takes a drink of his water. We get going. I go, Eric, you, you seem tired today. What? No, I'm not tired. That's And then I'm sitting here episodes ago. And I'm just not like, you know, overly excited. No, and you're like, oh, have, you are we have, so tired. We have, we have actual video proof. <laughs> no. Of your face that maybe we'll put it on the contact uh, one of these weeks where, where, where you have actual proof of your face of excitement and engagement on a conversation, especially when Pastor Steve was visiting. Well, that's because I've heard Pastor Steve share that a thousand times. A thousand times. I could have said it for him. I could have, I could have said it for him. And, uh, and yeah. that was at least well, listen, it's authenticity. This is, this is all in fun. It's authenticity. Yeah. We're um, excited. If people have suggestions of passages... We're just inundated with them. We're actually not. But if people have suggestions of passages they or questions, they can text us in 330-331-6453, 330-331-6453. Let us know what those might be. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We would love it. We'll be back next week. We'll be back. Set your clock. For what, whatever Morning, time. This, afternoon, evening. This goes out. Whatever, whatever time, time the, you listen to it. We'd love to have you come back on. Comment below. But we do have a question every single week that we ask. Approaching 50 times now. Uh, for 50th time, I, we have asked this question. Yes. Steve didn't know it, but we know it. He, we know it. Which is, what does your life look like beyond the pew? Beyond the pew. I'm looking at it like beyond the pew. The imaginary camera. We hope it is honoring to the Lord and that you are living for him. I hope We hope also that you're more excited than apparently me. I yep. should listen to this. Tired. Yawning, yeah. tired, rubbing the eyes. Don't listen to this off. episode if you're tired. Uh, more energy next time. <laughs> we'll be back. See ya. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.